Beyond the Bench, a podcast sponsored by, and in conjunction with, Gordon Leadership Services. Beyond the Bench is a podcast done by ADs for ADs. Every week in this podcast, three Iowa high school athletic directors talk about current program issues we are dealing with, special moments we've had, a quote of the week, some hot topics, and we will, of course, have some fun along the way talking about things happening with our family and friends. We'll talk with special guests, including athletic directors currently doing the job, retired ADs, and people we work with inside and outside of the school who help to make our program successful. I'm Todd Gordon, currently at Des Moines Roosevelt High School, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial High School and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. All three of us have taken different paths to our current positions, but we believe our separate journeys will make our discussions interesting and informative for ADs from schools of any enrollment size. All three of us have been active in the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. I currently serve as the president of the IHS ADA, and Scott and Aaron are both recent past presidents. All three of us hold certifications from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, the NIAAA, with Scott being a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and Aaron and myself holding our Certified Athletic Administrator certifications. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, current situations, or concerns you are dealing with in your program, and you would like us to discuss them, feel free to email us. Our email address is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. That email address again, and this is all one word, is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. And now let's get to today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And uh, we're recording this on a beautiful Sunday evening, about 68 degrees here in uh, partly cloudy Jefferson, Iowa. And uh, joined right now by Aaron Stecker. Aaron, how you doing? Doing well, Todd. How you doing this evening? I am wonderful. Thanks. It's, uh... And uh, Scott is traveling right now. He was in Adventureland, so he may pop in a little bit later. Uh, but we're joined today by Louis Curtis, the Director of Officials for the Iowa High School Athletic Association. How you doing, Louis? I'm doing great. Thanks, Todd. You bet. Good to have you with us. And uh, we're going to talk some officiating and, and uh, things like that. And I, I think this will probably be one of probably two or three parts, because uh, I think we want to expand this and get some officials on here, uh, get their uh, perspective. So uh, we may have Louie on again with them. And uh, because I think it's, you know, pretty well known. We're, I don't know if we're in crisis mode yet. Uh, Louie can fill us in on that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, we've got some older officials and we don't have enough younger ones coming in. So uh, there's going to come a time when it may be a crisis and Louie will fill us in a little bit more. But um, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but just a little chit-chat here as we get going. Um, I know Aaron and I talked a little bit over the weekend, and 
Um, you know, it's always good to talk about, fun to talk about things we do to relax a little bit uh, when you have an off day. And I was shocked to see that Aaron had an off Saturday. So congratulations on that, first of all, Aaron. I, I did have an off Saturday. I took a walk by the baseball diamond. We had a freshman game going on versus Cascade, but they they seemed to have things in order over there. So I kept on walking and, and came back home. So uh, enjoyed a nice, relaxing Saturday. Well, non-work non Saturday. It wasn't relaxing. Uh, uh, we'll talk more about that, I guess. I took up a, a smoking uh, project. Not smoking. Like, oh, that sounded terrible, didn't it? There you go. <laughs> Uh, let me try that again. Take two. I, I, I took up the project of trying to use my Weber grill as a smoker uh, for the first time. And uh, that was an interesting project. Well, and it, I, I'm with you. Um, I have a Traeger and I, uh, that's a pellet smoker. And I, I use that when we go up to Okaboji and usually I'm smoking meat every weekend. We're up there. Um, and I, I mean, I love it, it, but it takes time and it takes a little bit of commitment. Uh, but the product is worth it. Um, it's almost, you know, it just becomes a hobby really. Um, uh, my hobbies seem to go around food and, uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, so that, that's one that we like, but you know, you smoked a brisket. I mean, that's uh, that's a forty fifty dollar project you started on this it, weekend. I was tell you what, I I was sticker shocked there a little bit. I thought, boy, this, this is a is this something you experiment on, or is this something you, you you work on like the lower price stuff and work your way up to brisket? But I I just dove in. Uh, typical me, I guess. I whatever uh, trips your trigger that day, and it was a brisket for me yesterday. So uh, I tell you what, it was it was a lot of fun. I. I went shopping for it about eight in the morning. And by the time that was, I threw it on about 1030. And by the time I was eating it, it was probably seven Oh five. So do the math on that. That baby, you know, it took about 10 hours of my day, uh, you know, off and on every hour. Just is the temperature still up? Do I have to add some more charcoal briquettes? Am I still getting enough smoke? Or I have to throw more hickory on there. Uh, I was really nervous about losing the heat on it. And uh, so I, I, I just was staying on top of it, but, I tell you, it performed like a champ. It was fantastic last night. The leftovers tonight were were just as good. So uh, I'll give it another shot. Nice work. Thank you. Hey, Aaron, I'm gonna be in uh, I'm gonna be in the Cedar Rapids area this weekend. So uh, uh, you know, I could use probably a sandwich for hey, some night. I'll have some ready to go for you next week. Uh, <laughs> you bet. I'll see what I can come up with this weekend for you. <laughs> Louie, you had an active uh, active weekend as well. Did a little biking, the little Cubs. You had a good yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were talking about, you know, what do you do to relax? And uh, we were able to, my wife and I were able to um, go to Des Moines this weekend and and uh, spend a spend a night and a couple days with uh, her sister and uh, her husband, good good friend of mine, and. Um, yeah, it was fun. We we uh, went on the old High Trestle Trail, always a popular Ooh, yeah. spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the and then uh, and then uh, on Sunday we well that night we went and saw a few innings of the I Cubs game, and then uh, today this morning we got up and did a little more biking and found the old the popular breakfast spot mullets. That's a oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, fantastic meal there and and then uh, caught a few innings of the i cubs again this afternoon and then 
headed home so we could be back here and enjoy the evening. But, you know, that's a, that's a lot of fun for us. We love to, we love to exercise and bike and stuff like that. And, uh, fortunately my wife's way more, uh, in tune with getting work done as far as, um, exercise goes. So she drags me along. <laughs> you got into that cross a little bit too, haven't you? Yeah, we have been. Yeah. I started, started doing that first of January and, um, it's been good. I mean, it's, uh, challenging and, and, uh, sometimes makes me not want to go back, but it feels good when you get, when you get, uh, something accomplished over a quick little piece of time and, you know, it, it helps. So no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, it was a beautiful weekend for a little, some biking and I cubs. That's a, that's a good time. It was fantastic. You bet. So here's a question for you, and uh, let's get to know each other just a little bit more here. Um, you hop in the car, you're headed for a, you know, whether, whether it's a five-minute drive or a 50-minute drive or whatever to work. Or one hour. Mm-hmm. One hour. Um, it's not going to be a podcast, Aaron, because that's what you and I start with most of the time, I think. But, okay, the first station, the first type of music you listen to whether it's xm radio fm whether you stream it on your phone or whatever mm-hmm. okay what do you listen to when you get in the car what's the first piece of music uh that you may listen to your go-to music aaron go wow see i gotta be honest with you, this is a fair question because it entirely depends on the time of year if it's college football season, ESPN radio is pretty much on my on my station or my dial all the time. I love listening to them talk college football. But you're talking NBA finals right now. I got zero patience or time for listening to them talk about the uh, pro basketball. So it depends on time of year for me. But I suppose most often uh, it'd be 105.7, which is more classic rock up out of Waterloo, probably is what's on my station most often. Uh, if it's not that, it's probably I've got a copy shop. Uh, Pandora station I listen to that's a little more laid back, relaxing. So those are probably my two music. All right. Louis Curtis, hopping in the car to drive to Boone. What do you put on? If I'm listening to music, it's prime country. Prime country on X Radio, huh? I hardly go anywhere else with that with that uh, other than that. So um if I Pandora at work, it's either uh if I like if I want some a little more modern, it's going to be Eric Church Radio. And if I want something that takes me back, then it's Keith Whitley. There you go. Gotcha. <laughs> country guy. I'm a country guy. See, it's, right. I especially in the summertime, Louie, I got to give you that. Nothing nothing says summer like country music. That's, that's <laughs> the time you're listening to that. Yeah. I, it's funny because we'll be driving and, you know, when I'm with when I'm with my wife, we'll listen to more of the, the highway, you know, more modern country, but then she'll pop it over to, you know, some pop station or whatever. And songs will come on and she'll say, Oh, I, I like this song. And I'm like, I've never heard it. I, I've <laughs> never heard it. And she's like, what do you mean? You've never heard it. I go, I've never heard it. I don't even know what this song is. <laughs> That's good. And it's some popular, you know, whoever. And I'm like, well, I, you know, it's just not what I listen to when I drive. And 
I get yeah. I, since I've started at the athletic association, I get a lot of a lot of windshield time, and uh, so yeah, I, and I'm kind of with you too, Aaron. Uh, I would say if it's not music, my I mean I have about five uh, five uh, sports stations that are programmed in, so it's you know Golic and Wingo or. Yeah, Dan Levitard, or I like I kind of like listening to those talk shows just because I think they're uh, for me they're they're funny or entertaining as much as they are informative. They are. Are you go like a wingo compared to Mike and Mike though? Where where do you stand on that? Compared to Mike and Mike? Yeah, it's compared to what you know oh, it used to be Mike and yeah, Mike. I like I like Mike and Mike. I'm not a big. I don't really care too much for Trey Wingo, but he's all he's all right. But he. He, uh, I don't know. I like Mike Golick Jr. better than him. If they if they would go Golick and Golick, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with that. And I think they've got some good young. They've got some good young guys that are in there. Um, you know, I think I like Jason Fitz. I like him. He's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so some of the some of the stuff that's on. You know, Mad Dog Radio, some of the guys, it's more I listen to them just to kind of get a chuckle and a laugh because they're kind of shock, some shock radio, you know. But uh, if you want informative, it's kind of hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, me, when I hop in, uh, I'm probably first on – XM radio on BB uh, Keem's Bluesville. I'm a blues guy. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, if I plug in my own, uh, my favorite artist right now is Joe Bonamassa. Guys like that, which is kind of rock blues. Okay. Uh, my go-to sports radios. Uh, I listen to KXNO every morning. I like the morning rush. Um, get a kick out of that. But then uh, I really like to listen to Dan Patrick. And uh, I like his show. Um, I didn't used to like Colin Cowherd, but I do now. I, I like I, I like where he's at right now. Is, um, he, is he settling down a little bit, or is he still out there? He's kind of out there a little bit still. Um, but the more I listen to him, the more I kind of respect where he's saying that from, I guess. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of took offense when we started talking about Iowa a little bit. Um he may not have been too far off. I don't know. Um, maybe he was, but uh, anyway, that's uh, that's where I'm at, uh, music-wise. And I'm I'm with you. I, a lot of classic rock, things like that. A lot of times, XM radio. I just kind of pop around a little bit too. But when I, I get in, it's blues early in the morning. Where am I going to find BB King tomorrow morning when I drive up to Boone? What station? Seventy-four. Seventy-four. Right. Seventy-four. Yeah. Program that one in. I don't. I probably don't need like seventies on seven anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that sometimes till they start throwing some of the mellow stuff on. I don't like the mellow stuff from the seventies, but yeah, I I can like the seventies on seven way more than nineties on nine. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's true. I think the, the best music, the best music to me was seventies and eighties, but yeah. Yeah, none of us are at New Kids on the Block. I, that jury's out. <laughs> he may actually be there. I mean, be. Speaking of them, they were in Des Moines tonight, and, I mean, and yeah, we're not. There. 
as we were as we were leaving uh, this afternoon, we drove up behind Wells Fargo on Second Street to get on two thirty five, and there must have been twenty buses uh. parked along there. And my and as my wife and I were driving by, I said, "Well, new kids on the block are ready to go." And she said, "Oh, I wonder where they're at." And you saw this just decked out couple couple decked out black buses parked with gates around them and everything i go i'm guessing they're in those not in the ones along the street yeah (laughs) i bet i bet well you know i would encourage everyone too if they don't already pop in that uh, beyond the bench podcast listen to that on your done listening to some music and uh, especially this one i started picking up those and uh yeah I've, i've it's been fun listening to those. It's been fun. It's been fun to do. And uh, so, Louie, um, you know, we're going to let you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey to the Iowa High School Athletic Association, just kind of your career path. Um, those of you out there, I had the opportunity to work with Louie for seven years in the Western Iowa Conference when I was at trainer and he was at Underwood. Underwood. The- and uh, had a great time working with Louie, and that's kind of where our friendship started. Uh, but Louie, tell us about your journey a little bit uh, through this world of activities and athletics. Well, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I it probably started before I started working. I mean, my my dad was a teacher and a coach and a and a school administrator and an official, uh, and that, so that's kind of where I grew up, you know, my mom was a nurse and a, and then started getting into nursing education. So, you know, education was always, um, you know, part of, part of what I saw and what I learned as a, as a youngster and, uh, decided to go into, go into education. Uh, went to Cornell college in Mount Vernon and, um, you know, got fortunate enough to get an opportunity to um, start my teaching career at Underwood in 1987 and uh, we we haven't left um, still still live out here now I I taught uh, fourth grade for or in the elementary school at least for um, 13 years and then uh, the last 16 years at Underwood I was the middle school principal athletic director um, and of course, during all that time, I was um, coaching a variety of sports, um, wrestling, baseball, football, golf, even coached a little uh, girls volleyball in my last year, <laughs> uh, which that was that's that could be a podcast on its own. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that so we went there and then uh, and the. Uh, the opportunity at the athletic association popped up when Smokey bar, um, was retiring. Uh, and on March 1st, 2016. So a little over three years ago, I um, started started my new job there. Yeah. So it's amazing how quickly that time flies by. No doubt. No doubt. And some good success at Underwood, um, wrestling-wise as well, with your program there. Kind of yeah. a great run. Yeah, we did. We, uh, you know, I think when I first got there, it was we kind of had uh, 
some good individual kids. We just couldn't put full teams together. Um, we always had, you know, two or three kids that'd be in the state tournament and they'd always wrestle their way through and get some, get some place winners and make a little bit of noise. And, um, but then in the mid nineties to late nineties, um, things kind of took a turn for the better. And, uh, we started getting some, some kids that were honestly, we had, we had, we had some kids that were second generation. We lose Louie. Seems like it. Said he's still connected. Maybe. I think we lost him. I saw a little, my little glitch go on. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to stop it. Then we'll pick him back up. I can edit this out, I think. Okay. Okay. I'll dial back in. All right. Well, yeah, Louis at Underwood, uh, you had uh, some really good success as well uh, with the wrestling program. So if you can, maybe share share with us kind of what you feel like helped to transform that program and maybe take it to that championship level and uh, maybe how you helped share that with some of your coaches there. But what did you see or what did you do that really helped to transform your program? Well, uh it'd be silly to say that we did a whole lot more than um, just have some really awesome kids. Um, I mean, we just, we just went from, you know, having, having maybe two or three really good wrestlers to suddenly we had eight or nine. And uh, I mean, during that, during that two year run, when we were back to back state champions, uh, on that team, they didn't all happen in those two years, but we had six state champions. Eventually, some of them, some of them were freshmen or sophomores during the during the state champion years, and then they became a state champion their senior year. Um, mm-hmm. But we had we had six kids that ended up being state champions, and we had another two or three that were multiple time place winners, and a couple times were in the uh, you know, that finished third. So we just had, we just had really talented kids. Um, but, but I think the other thing that really sticks out to me, my, my memory of it was how those kids who were, you know, everybody knew they were the best, uh, athletes that we had on the team, but those kids also really, they bought in completely to our concept of, of, uh, you know, putting the team first and they were, they were the first ones off the bench when a kid who, you know, maybe wasn't, maybe was a 500 wrestler, uh, went out and really battled hard against a, a, you know, a better opponent, maybe didn't, didn't get pinned or didn't, uh, give up extra bonus points or something, man, those kids, they saw the value in that and they, they were the first ones to pat them on the back. And I think it really gave us overall a better sense of um, just being a team and really 
um, putting it on the line for your friends and for your teammates, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that raised the level of uh, their performances as well. So I think that was really the, the, probably the biggest thing. Mm, Great. Well, we're going to come back and visit a little bit about, uh, we'll transition that maybe to your role now in the Iowa High School Athletic Association, but now we're going to just do kind of our weekly um, little segment of uh, who's up and who's down. And Louie will get included on this as well. And uh, I'm going to start with who's up. And uh, I'm going to, just because I, I just finished up a four-year run of kind of hosting state soccer, but it just reminded me uh, as I came home about 6.30 or 7 um, on Saturday night after the girls' final, uh, just who's up for me is still our families, you know, our spouses, whether it's our our wives, uh, for our female ADs, you know, who have husbands and are married. Um, because my wife was here and my grandkids were here and one of my daughters was here, you know, so I missed out on that. Uh, got to spend a couple hours with them there. Um, but again, I, I just, the fact that, you know, she was kind of taking care of our two of our grandkids and, um, it just reminded me again of how, you know, we're off, watching kids compete and it's, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to do that. But, you know, our, our wives and our spouses, they, uh, you know, they're back here doing what they do too. And I, I just, no matter how long I've been able to do this, I just, uh, you know, the fact that they're kind of taking things, doing things on their own with our kids and now grandkids. And um, it'll be nice to be when I, you know, can finally be here a little bit, but that's who's up for me is our, are uh, are people who take care of things at home a lot of times when we're gone? Yeah. So, Aaron, who's up for you? Well, I'm going to stay on that family theme. Also, I tell you something I, I've thought a lot about the last couple of weeks, and I, I honestly thought about quite a bit here this morning. Uh, is just uh, what's up for me right now is uh, within my family, but I think we all feel this is just. Um, different stages of life of our kids and going through those with our kids uh, and enjoying each of those in the moment, but looking forward to what's next. Um, I actually saw, uh, it was on Twitter, I saw a banter going back and forth by a group of people about this topic. And some were like, oh, I miss those days and they don't need me anymore. And I wish my kids still needed me. And other people say, nope, I loved every minute of it, but now there's this next stage of life and we love it. And that's where I'm at. And I, I, I bring that up, you know, my middle one just graduated. My youngest will be a senior next year. Um, but this morning, my oldest son, uh, who's down in Iowa city, uh, he and his girlfriend got up here about eight this morning, picked my daughter up, uh, who'll be my senior next year. And they're now up in the twin cities going to a vampire weekend. They're actually at a vampire weekend concert as we speak. Uh, Louie, that's another one you have to look up. Yeah. Lost me there. Um, but, uh, (laughs) they're, they're up there doing that. And my, my middle son just graduated. He, uh, he's out with his girlfriend, uh, taking her out to dinner tonight and stuff. It's her birthday today. So. Um, we've kind of just been on our own today, just hanging out, a little grocery shopping, a little, went out for a, a run together and just, just those different stages and watching your kids grow up and then kind of reconnecting back with your wife when you, when you have a day off or with your spouse. Um, I just, I'm enjoying the, the transition to different stages now. It's, it's kind of fun to watch them do their thing and maybe recapture some of the things that we did, you know, 25 years ago before this whole thing started. Good point. Great point. 
Louie, what about you? What's up for you? Well, it's pretty hard to top family. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's, uh, that's the best memories that you can have is, is, uh, being able to spend time with, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. We have three kids and they're all in good health and, and doing well. And, and my wife and I, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, love spending time together when we, when we get that opportunity. Um, you know, my parents are, uh, in their upper seventies and, uh, my dad's still out umpiring high school baseball four or five nights a week, um, which is just crazy to think I've, I've, I run into so many people and we've had, you know, we've had unfortunately some funerals of some friends that have passed away for various reasons. Inevitably it's, well, how old are they? Well, they're, you know, they're, lived a good ripe age of 73 or something like that you know it's like man that, mm. it's just i'm very very lucky to to uh you know have that side of it for us uh you know and my my parents are i'll see them this week actually i'm heading to southeast iowa to do some baseball uh umpire observations and so i'm gonna spend a day or two with them uh, as I make my way around uh-huh. Southeast Iowa. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's all, that's all good. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to, to, um, you know, step in and get to really enjoy some time together, you've got to do it and it's, you got to soak it in. I know there's always tragedies that happen and bad things that, that, uh, can, can, uh, you know, change that in a heartbeat so you got to really uh absorb it while you can yeah no doubt good Man. stuff yeah good stuff well well the, the reverse side of that is who's down got the ups who's down well it's not traveling this week it's not drivers <laughs> uh probably could be oh come on yeah i know but i'm gonna go with one fan in particular at uh, the girls' state finals yesterday. I won't even say which class it was. I, I just it amazes me. And I, I put out a Twitter poll yesterday. Of, uh, you know, what's the most common thing <laughs> that is yelled at a state soccer tournament? And the first one was simply "Hey," and uh, then it was "Come on," and. Uh, I don't have it up in front of me, but it was three things. Then the one of them was thank you. And I didn't have room to put sarcastic tone. Uh, <laughs> but, so honestly, the answer to that question was what's the most yelled to me. And it was the least votes. Hey, no. you know, everybody's, everybody, and it amazes me, you know, somebody gets bumped for one team and it's, Hey, come on now. And the, their team then goes and bumps somebody. And it's like, Silence. You know, that's great. That's great. That's great soccer. Yeah. Okay. But the one that got me yesterday, and I don't know why people even yell this. This is in a championship match. I'm down on the end of the field. So I have no way of knowing who it is in the stands. But some guy yells, get your head out of your ass, ref. I mean, it's it's silent. And this is heard. I'm sure it's on IPTV because they got microphones all over the place. And this was a quiet moment. And 
this guy yelled this out. And I, I just don't understand what prompts people to yell stuff like that in an event. Let alone, I mean, with kids around and uh, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Now, here's my question, though, for that, because I, I actually started replying to your Twitter poll. I voted. I voted for the one that uh, the uh, whatever the third one was. I can't remember. And it was in late anyway. Um, but I was in a comment that saying you're forgetting the fact that they end all those statements with sir, which makes it OK. Right. Or ma'am. Now we got more female. But it's always, oh, come on. Call it both ways, sir. Yeah. Come on, sir. Call it, so as long as it says sir, Todd, it's OK in soccer to, to get on the officials. So if that guy said, hey, get your head out of your ass, sir, it's OK. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcastic uh, tone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, the results of the poll were the first one was, hey, I just pulled it up. Second was, open your eyes, ref. I mean, that's always a good one. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like when they yell to people, come on, you got to want it. You got to want it, team. Who doesn't want it? (laughs) You know, or uh, uh, Captain Obvious up there in the stands all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And then the third one was, come on. Come on. Yeah. And then the, the, the last one was thank you. Uh, and come on was 50% of the votes. Uh, hey, hey was hey, actually a third. But to me, that's what I heard the most is everybody yelling, hey, just all the time. So <laughs> now, whoever that fan was, and I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast, <laughs> but you're down for me, buddy. I'll tell you that yeah, right now. Well done. Well done. Yeah. All right, Aaron Stecker, who's down for you? Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, that my wife and I got to do some things together here this weekend, and, and it, it was a rough spring for the, uh, the Steckers in the exercise world, really yeah. rough spring. And so we got back going on some running and stuff, and because we're in a half marathon coming into the summer, and I'm nowhere near that right now. But we started running again, and, and I, I'm being very reminded tonight of two things. One, I'm out of shape, <laughs> and, and two, I'm almost 48. Um, so that's my down right now is the ache it takes to get back into shape again. Mm. Gotcha. Good. All right, Louis Curtis, it's down for you. Well, I am a, uh, I am a Yankees and Cardinals fan. Anytime, anytime you're in June, my down has to be the Red Sox and the Cubs. <laughs> Amen. If 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 somehow the uh, the Red Sox are doing their part, the Cubs aren't exactly complying right now. So <laughs> if I could get the Cubs to shape up a little bit. Of course, it would help if the Cardinals would actually do their part. They're not exactly <laughs> winning games right now, but uh, the Yankees have been pretty good. So I would say that I would say those those two. I'm not a big fan of, I do, I, I, you know, as you might know, I, I am in charge of wrestling for the athletic association. So I'm not a big basketball viewer, but I do like watching the NBA playoffs. And I'd say my other down is chewing on mouth guards all the time. That just got old to me with Steph Curry. I used to, I, when he first came in the league, I was I, I cheered for him. He was the underdog. He was undersized, all that, you know. And now I just see 
just kind of hot dog showboat, have the mouthpiece hanging out, you know, signaling your threes. It just, it gets kind of old to me. So I, I'm hoping the, I'm hoping that the old Kemper, Kemper Catholic coach is going to pull this one off here. Yeah. That's exciting stuff for over in this neck of the woods, Jefferson Carroll and isn't it? That's fantastic. You bet. It's good for the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. Well, all right. Now we're going to fire some questions at you, Louie, and uh, just kind of this will be educational for everybody out there as well. Um, so here we go. With your transition from being a AD for 16 years at Underwood uh, to the Iowa High School Athletic Association three years ago now uh what's been good about that and what have you missed being away from the ad world um well i think the good the good side is uh you know i had kind of a a very focused uh agenda so to speak um when they brought me in they said their your your job is to recruit and retain officials uh you know we need to we need to figure out a way to, to stop the slide of losing officials. Um, and so that was good that I, uh, kind of knew exactly what, what I was being hired for. I was also being hired to run wrestling and that I knew that. So, um, but that was already a pretty well-oiled machine. So, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think having some focus on that and, uh, and then, and then stepping into, just a just a completely different role than being in a school you know inside of a school building or running a school or running an athletic program um it's just a just the the daily uh work that you do is just completely different than than what you do as an ad um i'd say as far as what do i miss um you know I think in any, in any, uh, profession, in any job that you are involved in, there are certain people that you, you just couldn't do your job effectively without them. Um, and then there's certain people who, you know, you probably wish you didn't have to work with them. Um, and there's both and there's some in between, um, without a doubt for me, the thing that I miss the most are the, are those people that I couldn't do the job without them. Uh, they were my friends and they were my, uh, confidants and the people that I relied on. Uh, that could be from your, you know, your school secretary. I was fortunate enough to have, as far as I'm concerned, the best one in that I've ever seen. Uh, Uh she was great. And she was also a good friend. Um, and, and those kinds of people, there's others, you know, at Underwood that are that way. There were people that I worked with, uh, other athletic directors. Um, the, the good thing about my job now is I still get to work with those athletic directors just in a little different capacity. So that's just kind of shifted a little bit, gotcha. uh, but yeah. the, but the people, and the, and the kids, you know, I mean, I would always say I miss being around the kids. Um, but, you know, but quite frankly, that's not a, that's not a lot different than 
than the coworkers. Uh, there's some, there's some that you miss being around and there's others that you're glad you don't have to see them every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just, uh, that's just human, human nature. And, um, you know, I think overall the, uh, the progression to this position has been, um, fun to, fun to go through and, um, you know, I'm enjoying my opportunity. Yeah. A little follow-up with that, you know, the AD office, you know, we could walk into that and have a kind of a plan for the day, two or three things we've got to get accomplished. And then that can go out the window with, Mm. you know, whatever you still have that at the athletic association too. You can have two or three things, you know, you got to get done, but then you come in and maybe there's a slew of ejections you've got to deal with. What, what's that look like for you there? Can it be pretty fluid there as well? Uh, yeah, it's, I would, I would definitely say that in the position that I'm in as the director of officials, I, I have a lot better idea of what my days are going to look like and what I'm going to be dealing with now than I ever did as an AD. To me as an AD, I was, and and of course I was middle school principal too. Mm -hmm. So that those things doubled up and you never knew um, where the fire was going to start next. And you had to be ready to go put it out, even if you had a track meet Mm -hmm. that afternoon or a ball game that night. I mean, sometimes those things had to be um, set aside because you had to deal with something right now. um, And you didn't want to, but you had to. I would say in my position uh, now, I probably have a little bit more control of that. And I can, and I can, um, you know, there's a lot of times where maybe I can deal with something um, tomorrow or I can deal with something a little bit later. Uh, It doesn't have to be right away. Now we have, we have uh, administrators, you know, um, the associate director and the executive director and the assistant directors. And there's five, five of those people. And I think they have a little bit more, um, you know, immediacy to um, situations that might pop up Mm -hmm. um, from around the state that they have to deal with and they have to deal with it um, right away or make the phone calls right away. Um, so, you know, that, that side of it's been, been all right. It's been, um, you know, just a little bit different. Uh, not as, I, I feel more relaxed, not as urgent, uh, as things were in, when you were in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to be careful of follow-up questions because we got a lot of cool things to talk to you about, but I, I thought of one there, Louis, you were talking about that and this transition from AD down to the. Uh, you know, over to Boone with the Boys Association. What about, what's one thing that you now know or understand from the IHSAA point of view that you wish you would have understood as an AD? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Maybe it's not a fair uh, question. I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, I I think that one of the things that I, um, I see it 
I see a little bit bigger picture. I always thought that I had a pretty, pretty big picture view when I was the AD because I had to see the whole school district, the whole, you know, maybe, maybe within our conference or something like that. But now this is all, you know, 350 plus schools uh, and, and such a wide variety of schools, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have your school that has, you know, a couple thousand kids. And then we have other schools that have, you know, a couple hundred and you're trying to, you're trying to make good decisions. And it's really hard. It's really hard to um, be able to pull all that together uh, and satisfy, you know, as many people as you can, knowing that the, the you know, the demographics just aren't the same. Yeah. Um, I think, I think for me, I thought big picture meant something different than what the IHSAA or the IGHSAU or the speech or the music associations their big picture is just so much bigger than what my big picture was back then. Hmm. And I think that's that if I could, if I could go back and do it again, I think knowing that and, and feeling that uh, might help me um, a little bit as an AD and you, but, but, but still you have, you still have to tend to your own. Yeah. You know? Uh And so that's good advice, though. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, Louis, you can approach this question from your time as an AD or the, you know, three years you've been at the association. But what's one of the best stories you've been a part of um, or maybe heard about? But let's let's go with been, been a part of uh, that you've witnessed as an AD or with the association. You only get one. I put this question to Stecker all the time, and he's got four. Well, come on. Yeah, I know that's not fair. I didn't give him a chance to respond, but <laughs> you know, you know, there's a lot. There, there are so many things that I could think back to, the experiences that I had that I felt like were unique and um, so meaningful. And when I really stop and think about it it was just unique and meaningful to me, <laughs> not to everybody, not to across, you know, a, a group, uh, to across everybody. I would say, honestly, the experience of watching, uh, Alex Thompson and Brody Teske, the last year of high school, go through what they chose kind of chose to go through and put it put it out there on the line uh their undefeated record their uh-huh. you know they they weren't going to lose their four-time state championship because they uh-huh. were in the same class but they sought each other out that year and i just thought that that, that there's not very many times when you get to see some competition between people where, where everybody's watching mm-hmm. and everybody's seeing what's going on. 
And that was a, that, that kind of played itself out over, you know, about a month, month and a half, um, a couple of years ago. And that was, that was pretty neat. And then to see them, to see them, uh, you know, cap off their careers and, and win their state championship to get number four and, and the recognition that they got at the tournament. Um, it was, it was, that's pretty special. And I mean, it really, that, that, those kinds of things don't happen very often, very, very rarely. And, uh, when they do, you just have to try to soak them in and, and appreciate what just took place. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty, that was pretty cool when they did that. Yeah, it was. And what a great, I'd say what, what a great message they sent to the other wrestlers. You know, we, yeah, you, you worry sometimes in that sport about the, that the opposite happening. Uh, I, I worried about my seed. I'm worried about, um, you know, the undefeated season and stuff. And so those things don't happen. These kids kind of showed a different, a different way to go about it. That was pretty cool. Good yeah. Stuff. I'll so, tell you another thing, Todd, that I always am amazed at is the, when we go to the state track meet, the co-ed state track meet, how many times you hear, you know, Mike J on the announcer talking about the all time bet. This is the all time best uh-huh. to think, to think of all, I mean, in the last three years that I've been there, I don't know how I I'd have to do some research on that. How many all time records have been set, but it seems like there's two or three every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me that when you talk about all time, I mean the, the fastest ever to run that event in a high school meet in Iowa. Uh, it's, It's just, it's mind blowing to me how, how much that's happening and it's just to me a testament to you know the advances that we've made as far as nutrition and health and and good coaching and good you know athletic administration i think things are just they're getting better every year with regard to those things Uh and i think uh you know when you go back to talking about the comments made by fans, the comments made by people at state championship events or in tournament events or whatever, it's a, it is frustrating to have that be what you see and hear when what you really should be seeing and hearing is the greatness that's taking place right in front of our eyes. Uh And, uh, you know, we should be acknowledging those things way more than trying to pay attention to whether or not somebody got a call right. Yeah. Kids will overcome the, the calls. They'll keep playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good so, point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Louis, this this question always comes up uh, every couple of years. Something will kickstart the discussion, and, and I imagine with the with Mr. Bestie stepping away and Mr. Keating stepping in, it's going to be another opportunity for this conversation. So what are your thoughts after being uh, with the the boys association for three years now, and you've been engaged in conversations with all four organizations at the table um, between the boys and the girls and speech and music. um, What are the advantages you see in having the the four organizations over what other state, every other state has, which is just one, uh, one overseeing uh, organization. Well, I think the advantage is that each individual organization 
um, can really um, allow itself and allow their, you know, their people, their, their, their students that are involved in, in that organization to, to really shine and to really be at the forefront. Um, there's not a, there's not a, uh, taking a back seat, you know, uh, and I think that's, that's good. That's a good thing. Um, you know, music can really focus on music and speech can really focus on speech and girls athletics can really focus on girls athletics. They don't have to worry about the boys, um, you know, golf tournament or the, or the music event that's coming up because they're focused on the girls athletics. Um, so I think that's, I think that's good. You know, um, I'm sure the follow-up question is going to be, so what are the disadvantages? Well, I don't know. I think there's disadvantages, but I think that's a fair question. And I think, I think the disadvantages in my opinion, as I've, as I've, as I've seen it when I was an AD sitting in the same chair as you guys are in, or, now that I'm with the athletic association, I think the disadvantages are it, it's, it's really hard to communicate all the things that need to be communicated and they need to be clearly delineated. And I don't think they always, I don't think that always happens. I think there's times where you make the decision that you think is best for your organization and you know, the other organizations might just have to figure out what they're going to do you know once you make that call and it might they might not be favorable for them and then they have to try to find out well how how are we going to react to this and if you're all in the same organization you're not doing that you're you're making the decisions together and uh i think i think those are things that you know require yeah, I mean, that's, that's leadership. That's what leadership's all about, you know, is uh, finding ways to pull those people together and get, get everybody on that same page and communicate and agree and respect, you know, and all that, all that kind of stuff too. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I'm not saying that, that any of the organizations are bad at it. I just think it's a very tall order to have it be efficient and very effective um, when you're just completely different organizations. Do, do you think that conversation's happening more now than it had in the past in terms of what are ways we can streamline and simplify and be effective together in areas we can do so? Is that happening more in your opinion? Well, I know, th- I know that it's happening. I don't know how to compare it to the past so much because uh, been only, three, been, yeah. only been there three years. I'm not exactly for sure what they always were. Now, I can tell you without a doubt that, you know, I think when Bernie and E. Wayne Cooley were involved, I think they both had pretty pretty strong opinions Mm-hmm. And if they thought they were right, they were going to go with them. That's the rumor. And you know, <laughs> they didn't have to really ask each other because they were, they weren't tied together, you know. And uh, 
So I think all that's kind of evolved and changed and I think it's had to. Um, but you know, I think, uh, I think with Tom coming in, it's, he's got a great, he's got a great opportunity to, to really take that to a, to a different level. Uh, the communication piece and the, and the working together. Um, I think from what I know of Tom and my time that I've been able to be around him, I think if there's, if there's nothing that he can do, he can bring people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of leads into the next question then too. I mean, you've worked with Alan now for three years. Um, you know, maybe something you've experienced with him, what you've learned from him, maybe from a leadership standpoint with his style. And then what are you looking forward to? You maybe just mentioned that with Tom Keating and uh, what he's going to bring to the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Well, with Alan, the main the main thing that I think of, well, there's two two things that I really that really stick out to me with Alan, and one is um, that he's he's a gentleman. Uh, mm-hmm. He is a friendly, uh, caring person. Uh, I know when I was an AD, I would call the high school athletic association, and I would ask for Alan, uh, even if it didn't directly involve him in his sport although I was a lot of times calling about wrestling um, but if if it involved other sports I would still ask to talk to him uh, and my primary reason for that was because I always felt like he gave me the time of day I always felt like he um, you know he cared about what I was asking um, more more so than um, I, I just felt like he, he stuck out in that capacity mm-hmm. uh, when I, when I would call for him. Um, so that's one thing. And I think the other thing is he's, he's very, uh, he's very organized and structured. And um, you know, when I came in there and he, turned over wrestling to me um i mean i had a year-long calendar of here's what here's what i do for wrestling in july and here's what i do in august and here's what i do in september and then it'd start breaking it down early september late september early october late october so i had I had kind of a checklist of all these things that he was already, you know, doing and compiling. And it would even be not just that he was doing, but maybe that his assistant was doing or that somebody else, you know, maybe the coaches and officials association was, was helping with, and he'd, you know, he'd check with them. So there's very, very organized, very detailed, uh, you know, and that made my, transition into that position um just so much easier it was like basically here's your roadmap of how to get through the next year mm-hmm. so and that was really good for him and i'd say uh as far as what am i looking forward to i'll tell you what the the since i've been at the ihsaa um i i just think we need to change i just think we need to evolve 
and be looking for new, creative, better ways to do things in all aspects of our operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to having Tom come in there is I'm, I'm just looking forward to having him be a, you know, I, I don't know. I have maybe not a better way to say it, but I, I, I want him to be a little bit of a gunslinger. I want him to come in and be looking to do things different. And I hope that that's what he wants to do. I hope he's looking for change and looking for ways to to improve the, you know, improve the image of the organization, improve the public relations, improve the uh, effectiveness of what we do in all the things that we do, uh, whether that's communicating or or just, uh, you know, operating, operating events or whatever, whatever the whatever the case may be. Um, I just, I just want to, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of a risk taker with this kind of stuff. I want to, I want to see some changes and I want to try things. And if they don't work, we can always go back to what had sort of worked or was working kind of good enough. And if you try it, and it doesn't work and the reason it didn't work was because you did a few things wrong then make those corrections and try it again if the reason it didn't work was because it was just a bad idea well then dump it and go back to something that you know is tried and true yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. two uh two comments that let's see a talk we one on on alan you i think boy hit nail on the head as a gentleman is there a guy out there who was any better than alan at being the smartest guy in the room, but never making you feel that way. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just yeah. always gave you the time of day, and, and but you knew darn well he he knew exactly what he was doing and exactly what he needed to say and and exactly the right thing to do in the moment. But he always listened. Anyway, there's there's still times yeah. right now, Aaron, where you know he's uh, he's a couple weeks away from retiring, uh, and we've known he's going to be retiring for we've known it for you know the better part of a year and uh there's times when i'll go in and talk to him about something or ask him some questions fully fully expecting the answer to be not in these words but the answer to be yeah yeah, i don't really care (laughs) just you know whatever you know um and all of a sudden he'll give you he'll start he'll start giving you the answers or telling you what he believes. And you're sitting there. I mean, my jaws kind of falling open going, Oh yeah. uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't think that you were spending any time thinking about it that way. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he surprises me that way. Yeah. And uh, I'm really happy for him to be where he's at and man, to be able to, serve the organization for 30 years is uh i mean you just take your hat off to people yeah. like that yeah. yeah yeah and you're getting somebody in tom keating you know knowing him from the mbc over here you're getting exactly what you're looking for there which is somebody who will he's not going to make change for the sake of change mm-hmm. but if and having conversations about stuff he's like boy 
there might be a better way to do this. Let's go find it. He's not afraid to do that. I, you'll you'll welcome that uh, if that's what you're good. looking for. He's a good guy. You bet. Well, Louis, the, the next couple of questions we're going to wrap up with are kind of going into the wheelhouse now of officials and uh, just some discussion about that. Um, so are you seeing – there's been a lot of, you know, you guys put out a lot of recruiting type things for officials and uh, trying some different uh, advertisements and uh, radio spots, things like that, uh, to try and generate some more – interest in that mm -hmm. are you seeing any trends um any is that paying off are you seeing any uh yeah. happening because of that well the the thing that i know is in in the when i first came on you know i had to get some information that of course we had it i just needed to know what it was about numbers and and uh it, you had you'd, you'd seen them you know they were uh, decline every year, decline, decline, decline. I mean, we'd lose 250, we'd lose 130, we'd lose 200, we'd lose 115. Every year it was going in that direction, you know, a couple hundred uh, down. And uh, over over the course of, you know, seven or eight or nine or 10 years, you know, all of a sudden your number that had been in the 52, 5,300 officials was suddenly down to, you know, 4,400, 4,300. And when you're talking eight or 900 officials, that's, that's pretty dramatic. I mean, that's a, you know, 20, 15 to 20% decrease in your, in your workforce. And uh, so uh, we've, you know, tried to, tried to do some things that are some are maybe a little more formal and some are a little more informal and maybe just a combination of the two um but uh at the end of last school year the 1718 uh school year uh we had gained three officials compared to the year before and i kind of chuckled when i saw that number but i realized it's better than losing 200. Yeah, um, for sure. So we gained three uh, on, I don't know, it was sometime last week. We have a board meeting on Monday. And uh, as part of the board meeting, I have a director's director of officials report. And I usually try to give like the recent sports uh, officials total. So I'll give a, total of soccer officials and track and field officials and baseball umpires um, and that sort sort of thing, you know, what's what's going on and what's recently done. And then I always have what's the total number for the year. Well, we'll never we're never going to know what the total number for this year is until baseball's over. Uh, mm -hmm. We still have we still have people, you know, taking their baseball exam, watching their rules meeting, getting completely licensed even though we're you know in the middle of june um but i did the i did the pulled the numbers and uh as of i think it was maybe thursday last week could have been friday morning um we were we were within 17 of where we were last year so right now down 17 but 
I know we've got people that are finishing their baseball uh, licensure. So I'm hoping that uh, when it's all said and done, we're going to be on the positive side again. And to me, then you can start talking about, is that a trend? Are we curbing the, the decline and at least breaking even, <laughs> you know, yeah. it'd be nice. Yeah. To, it'd be nice to be adding a hundred, adding 200. But to me, at first you have to, you know, you have to put your finger in the, in the hole in the wall <laughs> to stop the, stop the gushing water. So if you can, if you can get the dike to stop leaking, then you can talk about repairing it and talk about making it stronger and talk about, you know, making it better. Um, so I feel good about that. At least it's, even though it's early on and maybe a little tentative, um, it is better than the alternative. So yeah, feel good about that. Good. Hey, Louis, uh, along those lines, then would, when you're talking with officials from around the state or, or maybe, um, you know, representatives of officials associations around the state, you know, I can speak for the eastern half of the state. I know with the Gazette and several other news outlets over here, the past two years, there have been several newspaper articles, several, uh, you know, live TV news stories in the sportscast about the officials' shortages and a pretty candid conversation about one of the big things driving them out is just the, the night in, night out uh, verbal abuse that can happen. Are you starting, because of stories like that, are you starting to get a sense from officials as you talk to them that maybe that behavior is curbing a bit. I know Todd's talking about our guy at the state soccer tournament for the girls this week, but are you hearing less and less of that or hearing officials make comments about they're, they're seeing that less or is it still the same? I think I'm hearing comments that they're seeing it more. Obviously. I think, uh, I, and I think the other thing, Aaron, is I think part of that is I think officials are more willing to share their experiences now because others are. Whereas before, I think the, the uh, you know, probably what officials would say is um, you just don't have rabbit ears. You can't have rabbit ears. If you hear that and you're complaining about that, it's because you have rabbit ears. You, you're, you're paying attention to it too much. And I think now it's a little bit more of, you know what, we, I, we can't not hear it. Uh-huh. Everybody yeah. hears it. Yeah. And you know I hear it. And gosh darn it, I'm tired of it. And it, the, some people have said it. And it's out there. And reporters are reporting it. And it's getting some traction. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's becoming more of a thing and so i think that there's more officials who are willing to say yeah i got a little problem with this and uh, i'm not afraid to say it because uh it's not seen as you know inappropriate for an official to recognize that they just got that somebody yelled at them and they don't like it yeah you know Louis, what can we do what can we as ad's do i mean yeah if we see it I mean, should we just be escorting people out of the gym? Um, I know we can hit it at our preseason meetings, uh, things like that. Do coaches 
get riled up and then the fans get riled up? Is it separate? Uh, what can we do to help all this? Well, I think all those things are, are just a part of it. Um, and there's, and they're all unique and all, uh, individual, uh, things that happen at an event and it can happen at any moment and you're not always prepared for it. So I think the biggest thing that probably needs to happen across the board is we need to have preparedness for what are we going to do if and when the crazy fan um, gets started, when they go off. Um, because if, if you don't plan for it and you don't think that it's going to happen, when it does happen, sometimes you're standing there going, well, what do we do now? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the minute you have the, well, what are we going to do now? That's when they, you know, that's when you're smelling blood. And uh, that's maybe when they get a little bolder and a little more, you know, going to come at you. So I don't know that it necessarily has to be, do we need to escort them out? Do we need to, um, you know, you know, have no tolerance? Do we need to, you know, I don't know. I think everybody has to decide locally what is that going to look like for us? But I think the main thing is we've got to have the conversations about how do we prepare for this and when it does happen, because it's going to happen somewhere. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? And I think the other thing, and you guys, you guys know this, it's different depending on the venue you're at. It's different if you're outdoors at the soccer game versus indoors at the basketball game. Um, it's, it's harder to corral who the problem is at the football game. Uh, maybe football isn't such a problem because there's such a big crowd and there's not as much individual voice as mm-hmm. there is a big, a big roar or whatever. Um, and sometimes, you know, you go to a, you might play the soccer game on the exact same field as the football game, but it looks different. Yeah. Feels different. And you can definitely hear, you know, Johnny's daddy yelling at the official at the Tuesday night soccer game more so than at the Friday night football game when there's, you know, 2000 people there versus maybe 200. Sure. So I just think preparing for it, knowing that it's going to happen and having a plan. And I think the other thing is, you know, yeah, I think the administrators, whether that's the ADs or the principals, assistant principals, whatever, they've got a plan for when am I going to be there? When am I not going to be there? And do my co- does my coach know and do the officials know if I'm not going to be there? What do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, summertime is a great time to experience this because uh, there's a lot of athletic directors who, A, are not under contract and B, have other things to do and they're not at school all day 
and the expectation might not be for them to spend their entire night at the baseball game. So they come, they make sure the umpires are there. They get the game started. Uh, They come, they might leave for a little bit or maybe they stay. And then after the fourth inning, uh, they close the, close the admission gate down, take the money away and put it in a safe place. And maybe they're done for the night and they go home. And then all hell breaks loose in the sixth inning. Yeah. And there's not an AD there and there's not a principal there. And the coach is going, whoa, what do you mean? I have to do something here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, I just think those honest conversations across the board um, have to take place. Who's in charge? Are they going to be in charge the entire night? And if they're not, who does it fall on? Um, Because you can't have the, you know, you can't have the umpire have to go and escort fans out of the bleachers. Yeah. That's not their job. Point. Great point. I like the preparedness. That's good. That's great advice for us. Thanks, Louis. You bet. So, Louis, it might be along the lines of of officiating, but it it could be other areas as well. But um, it's a question I'll throw out there for you. If if you could give us advice um, as ADs or maybe a school sports communities um, on one thing we could focus on to be better at 1920, what's, what's one thing you think, boy, if everybody could just focus on this and get better at this, high school sports would be better. What, what would that be for you? Cheer for your team. That's it. It's simple. Go to the, go to the game for, with one thing in mind cheer for your team that's all you get to do you don't get to cheer against the other team you don't get to badger the officials or question their judgment you just get to show up and cheer for your team and if everybody would do that if i mean if you could somehow get that message across to a hundred percent of them and say this is what we're going to do. This is the way it's going to be. And, it, and, and what we're going to do as supervisors is we're going to be watching to see that that's what we're doing. Uh, if we just cheer for our team, I think, I think automatically the, the, the place is better, you know, and that goes for everybody that that's, you got to tell that to the 16 and 17 year olds who are mm-hmm. sitting in the student section. Oh yeah. It's not, we're not, you know, I'm not a big fan of chanting air ball when somebody misses a shot and doesn't hit the rim. I'm not a big fan of every time that kid touches the ball, we're going to start chanting air ball again. I don't like that. That That's cheering against the other team. That's, that's ridiculing the other team. Instead, let's f- find ways to cheer for our team. Focus on our kids, our friends, you know, our classmates, our sons and daughters and granddaughters and whatever they are, uh, the people that wear our colors, and let's just focus on cheering for them. But, but Louie, we're just trying to com- create a competitive advantage for our kids. We're trying to make our gym tough to play in so that our kids have a competitive advantage, a home court advantage. Come on now, you're not being fair. What, what's your, what, what do you say to that? Well, because that's what we these are, we talk yeah, about. Yeah. We have that conversation. That's I, what we get back. What I would say is why the reason why we're here 
The reason we're gathered here is for our kids to learn. It's educational-based activities. It's not competition-based. It's not, we're not, uh, we're not, you know, making millions of dollars. We're not uh, getting uh, paid contracts or anything like that. We're here to learn and we're here and absolutely we're here to do our best. We're here to compete because that's part of learning is learning to compete, learning to try to be the best, learning to, uh, you know, push yourself beyond your limits that you didn't realize I could even do this, you know. Um, and that's why we need you to cheer for our kids because we want them to be able to do better than what they even thought they could do. Not by, you know, bringing the opposition down, but by raising us up. Great answer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd add on to your answer. You say cheer for your team. I bring back something you said earlier that it really stuck with me tonight is, and I just cheer for your team, but appreciate the greatness that these high school athletes in, in, mm-hmm. and by great, a lot of different things. It might be an all time state performance. It might be something you've never seen that kid do before. Like you just mentioned that they're doing something they never thought possible. Cheer for your team and appreciate the great thing happening in front of you rather than trying to pick it apart and, and get so caught up in it. You miss it. I right. two, two great answers tonight, Louie. Yep. Good stuff. Louis Curtis, you still got the wisdom and uh, <laughs> certainly appreciate you taking the time. I know, uh, you know, you're, you driving back yet tonight. No, I go up, I go up early Monday mornings. All right. Well, good. I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you saying that. And I think you may be coming to green County to the parent meeting to talk about cheering for our team early in August sometime. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, so I, I know you guys are gonna you're gonna have a great run there, Todd. Here as you, I know you're I know you're uh, in the twilight side of the career, but still, <laughs> uh, you've got a lot to offer. And I know, uh, you know, I've got some friends that teach and coach in Green County, and um, first of all, they're lucky that they're getting you, and second of all, they're super excited that they did get you. So. I know it's going to be fun for you to to uh, get up in there. And I think that's kind of a, in my opinion, a little hidden gem. I think they've got a, they've got some pretty good, pretty good classes of kids coming up here. And uh, I think they could start making some noise. Heck, they made pretty good little bit of noise in the soccer tournament already. Great run in state soccer. Yeah, yeah. that was a lot of fun. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And uh, always good to talk to you. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast tonight. So, Aaron, parting thoughts? Uh, you're going to stop me. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, that doesn't happen very often. No. Hey, Louie, thanks for coming on. Uh, just you're some welcome. Great, some great perspectives tonight uh, on some of that. And, and when you're swinging back to Boone, come through Kennedy, through Cedar Rapids, and, and I'll have you do the same thing in August, talk to our people about that as well. There's – some good stuff. I might make them listen to this section of the podcast and say, let's do that. Cause Louie's right. That'd be yeah, fun. For That'd sure. be fun. The only, the best, you know, the best part about tonight. Tell us. No Jarvis. 
<laughs> I had to get that one in. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I miss his laugh because yeah, I hear you. And he would have, he would have cackled at that one. I was over. It was one of the days, Friday or Saturday, and uh, well, it probably would have been Saturday because they weren't there. But I think it was Friday before the semifinals. I'm over in front. I'm in fact, I'm over by the girls' tent at the pass gate, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Gary Ross says, did you hear that? I said, no. He said, Jarvis has got to be here. I know I just heard his laugh over there. That's, underneath the concession that's, stand. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, laugh. So we miss Scott. Uh, great having you, Louie. And uh, hey, for all of you that stuck with us here, um, and I'm going to advertise that, you got to stick around for the last answer because that's gold. Yep. It's gold, Louie. So Everybody else have a great week. Uh, good luck with the continued baseball, softball, Louie. Uh, good luck as you gear up for another year and finish up baseball here with your umpires. And thanks for all the work you do there. We cer- certainly appreciate it. You bet. And uh, good luck as you transition with Tom Keating as well and your leadership there. So uh, everybody have a great week. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And please be blessed. <laughs>